Welcome back to my podcast, Steve Sully Study. Uh, got a wicked guest in front of me, another pro boxer. To be honest, my bloody podcast is turning into interviewing boxers, boxers yeah. um, which isn't a bad thing. It's a really, nah. really good thing. I've got obviously a big passion for, for boxing. And I've said this so many times on my podcast, I'm in business for myself. Yeah. Without boxing, without my small uh, background in amateur boxing and that mindset, I don't think I would have ever got into, into business. Yeah. I think, listen, school serves a purpose, but... A-levels, GCSEs, etc., doesn't mean you're going to be in business for yourself or even become a success. But for me, boxing definitely gives you some of the ingredients to go out there and fight for what you want to achieve. Yeah, definitely. So interviewing people like you is always, uh, you know, a joy for me, for me to, to, to go through that process. So, Elliot Well, yeah. welcome onto the podcast, mate. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, so this is the first for you. This is your first ever podcast. Yeah, I've done a few interviews and that, but I've never done a podcast. So hopefully it's the first of many. Yeah, mate, definitely. So um, I know this podcast is going to come out in a few weeks' time. So by this time, you would have raised your hand yet again for your fifth yeah. uh, fight. So you're 4-0 so far. Yeah, right now I'm 4-0, fighting Friday to make it 5-0. So, yeah. uh, so you fight out of the Box gym yeah. with Jordan Reynolds. There's yeah. um, Obviously, you're training Al Smith. You've got Eddie Lamb, Eddie Lamb there, who I know Paul really Taylor. well. It's nice. good, good gym down there. We've got probably the best gym, I think, for up-and-coming talent. Do you know what I mean? So th- this is this is a question. I've not really asked many pro boxers, but it's just sort of sort of hit me. Um, there's there's loads of you know pro boxing clubs and great trainers out there, and some of them have got you know. For example, I box down uh, boxing booth. Yeah. I don't train directly with Adam Booth, but I train with Charlie Beat, who's a good friend of mine, who took Shannon Courtney to world title. Yeah. Looks after Harlem Eubank, and obviously has a hand with Mick Conlon, yeah, yeah, Josh Kelly, etc. And I've also trained with Al Smith, and he's a fantastic trainer. Um, he's actually really well renowned for wrapping his hands. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got yeah. a very good name for that. But there's loads of different styles. And when you go down these gyms, you can almost tell where they actually fight or which gym they're down because of their style, whether they come forward, whether yeah. they counter, whether they're quick, quick, you know, uh, quick uh, sort of twitching their heads and stuff like that. How did you make your decision to like start fighting down Ibok, for example? Well, I was obviously an amateur at Nemesis and then um, Jake and Lewis was also Nemesis. They was down at Ibox. Then, uh, to be fair, when I was first turning pro, it was like, I knew everyone there sort of thing. It was like, oh, obviously, Johnny Lewis, Brad. They Johnny Garton. Yeah, Johnny Garton. So I knew them all there, and I thought, if I go from Nemesis to there, it's just like joining Nemesis again. Now, I wanted to have a change. So I was having a look around at other gyms and that, and it weren't really like going nowhere, to be fair. So I had a couple more fights for England. I actually boxed twice for England. And um, then I decided, what happened? I think a couple of the boys retired and stuff like that. And then... Uh, I see Sam Noakes went down there, Dennis was there, I think Henry Turner might have been there. Do you know what I mean? It was all like a, a new lease of life down there, a young up-and-coming fighter. So I thought, do you know what, I'm going to uh, speak to Al, because obviously I knew him f- through Tony, and uh, he was happy to have me. I had a little trial down there, and he was happy. So. Whatever happened to, to Dennis? I remember seeing him, and then he suddenly just sort of... Dennis. Did you say Dennis? It was McCann, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's still there now. Sorry, not Dennis, there was another one. Sorry, I'm thinking of a guy called Brett Beeden. Oh, sorry, right. well, actually, he was there as well yeah. with all them. Whatever happened to him? Do you know what? I think he had some personal issues and stuff like that. I'm not too sure. He was a really good fighter. He was a good boxer. He spots for Retron, I think, and uh, he was good, but... Um, I'm not sure. I don't think he was. I think he's give up now. To be fair, yeah. I think he's out of the gym and he's give up. But. Yeah, I sparred him uh, once or twice, and he was much lighter than me. And obviously, yeah. I'm not pro. Um, but yeah, I remember sparring him. I was thinking, bloody hell, this guy's like the Matrix. You yeah, no, he was, he, I remember he was a good boxer, but um, yeah, for whatever reasons, I think he, had to, he just retired. So, a uh, bit of a blunt, direct question, Elliot. Why do you? Uh, I was going to say get punched in the face for a living, but that's not even right because you don't get punched no, in the face for a living. You, you, so why would you go into a career? And I know the answer to this, I think, but I'm just for the for, for the viewers. Yeah. Why would you become a boxer when it's so fucking tough? I mean, to make a good living and then to become very, very successful, like yeah. the Mayweathers or like, let's say, the Conor McGregor's from the UFC who yeah. go on to make hundreds of millions of dollars... That's obviously the the pot at the end of the rainbow, but many people don't get there. So yeah. why did you choose to take this path? Well, I started at eight years old, do you know what I mean? I went down there to get fit for football. Then I sort of just loved it, do you know what I mean? Then I thought from about 10, I was like, this is what I want to do, just out of love for the sport sort of thing. Then obviously I started getting better and better. And then uh, 
yeah, just saying I want to do. Obviously, if I have kids now, I think I'd advise them to do something different because, uh, like you say, not everyone earns uh, the great money like them. But there's money to be earned from boxing. And if you're good enough, you can earn the money. Then obviously invest it wisely. And uh, yeah, go from there. Do you know what I mean? You ain't, only certain people are probably going to earn mills, you know what I mean? But if you earn like, you can nick like 100 grand or whatever sort of thing, you can always invest that and uh, hopefully never have to work properly after. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so part of the, the reason why I like interviewing boxers is, yeah, I want to talk about boxing and yeah, I want to talk about your career. But really and truly, one thing you've all got in common, whether... I'm speaking to a Harlem Eubank or Mick Conlon or yourself. I've had uh, Brian Jennings on here yeah. from uh, from America. America yeah. I've had a f- you know a few few different boxers, and whether you're world champion or just starting your career, you've all shared the same thing, which is you're ambitious people. You know, yeah. you're, you're fighters, and what that means is you fight in the ring, outside the ring, and in your mindset. And that's what I love hearing, like the do or die mentality um, because I think you can transfer that into other parts of your life. Of course. So your ambitions then as a a pro boxer, where do you want to get to? Where do you want to be over the next five years, 10 years from now? I want to be a world champion 100%. Otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. Do you know what I mean? And I believe that I can become a world champion. I think um, I got injured. Do you know what I mean? Then I had a little bit of a layoff. Then I don't know, like I sort of fell out of love with boxing, but then, I went away for a week, come back, and I sort of got my focus back. And since I've been back, I've just got a complete different, like I'm tunnel vision now, do you know what I mean? And I'm I'm 100% positive I can get to a, become a world champion. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm in it for, definitely be a world champion. Why becoming a world champion? Why is that important to you? Because that's just like the ultimate goal, isn't it? You've been number one in the world. Like at my weight and that, that's just what I've dreamed of, do you know what I mean? And uh, that's why I, want, I just want to become a world champion. Then obviously, I'll do a welterweight at the minute, but touch with it all goes well. I can always move up and try to become a multi-weight world champion. Do you know what I mean? And, and leave my name so everyone like knows me. And do you know what I mean? Like in the history books, sort of thing. That's what I, that's what I want. Then um, you know, leave a bit of a legacy. Yeah. So becoming a world champion. I mean, having the belts. Yeah. Maybe becoming undisputed, and and that's that's all well and good and great. But then obviously the byproduct of that is going to be the endorsements. Yeah. It's going to be fame. It's going to be recognised. Yeah. It's going to be an influence. It's going to be the money. What 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 aspect of beyond the belts and becoming branded as world champion? What 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 kind of triggers your excitement or your 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 drive to get there? Um, it's quite a good question to be fair. I don't. I, I'm not really in it for the fame, like fame and stuff like that. Do you know I mean, I'm not really in it for them reasons. I'm just in it because. Ever since I was young, that's just what I've wanted to do. I've told myself, like, I want to become a world champion, do you know what I mean? And now, the older I'm getting, I'm getting closer towards my dreams, you know what I mean? I'm getting older and I'm living what I've what I've wanted to do my whole life, do you know what I mean? Like, not many people can can say they're living what they, like, their dreams, do you know what I mean? Like, um, when I was in school and I used to say to the teachers, like, ah, I don't, I don't need this, I'm going to be a pro boxer, do you know what I mean? And they probably used to look at me like, you leery little prick, do you know what I mean? Like, now, nah, obviously, I'm living... I'm living my dream and obviously I've still got so much like more to give and stuff like that. Yeah, so you're 24 years 24, of age. 24, yeah. Obviously, you know, you know young, um, got the world at your feet. But as we've seen this year, life goes very, very quickly. And unfortunately, about two years ago, we had this poxy thing that kicked off, which was called coronavirus. Yeah. And, and I mean, you share quite a similar view on, on the on the matter, which we probably won't get into for yeah. now because that'd be a whole that different take that would be a whole <laughs> different podcast but anyway i mean what it's demonstrated is anything can happen in life and big changes can come when you don't expect it so you know with that in mind how tough has it been for a pro athlete pro boxer someone that wants to kick on to become yeah. British, European, world champion. How has that kind of disrupted your plans? Do you know what? It's a weird one because coronavirus has been a bit of a blessing in disguise for boxing in general. Do you know what I mean? It's made people take like more 50-50 fights. It's made boxing more interesting. There's not many people trying to build padded records now because you have to sort of take these fights because obviously there's not a lot of opportunity about. So for that reason, it's been a bit of a blessing. I've had two fights in the lockdown uh, behind closed doors and that's both unbeaten fighters. Do you know what I mean? And because I've beat them... I've had four fights and I'm ranked uh, 19th in Britain already. And everyone else above me has had like 16, 15 plus fights. Do you know what I mean? I've had four fights and I'm already ranked. So that's like a good thing because of coronavirus. But then obviously, 
that's yeah for, for boxing it's been quite good I think do you know what I mean obviously some people a bit unfortunate on ticket deals or whatever they haven't fought for like two years do you know what I mean so for them it's a bit hard work but um, yeah I, I feel like it's done me a favour to be fair yeah like um, my, my, my dad um my fucking my mate, I, I reference my dad all the time on this podcast because <laughs> yeah. uh, even though me and him are like really good good mates, yeah. and obviously you know he's, he's my father, but at the same time we butt heads quite a lot right. about this conversation about Corona and yeah. everything else. And look, without trying to put him down, he he very much res- reacts to the news. Yeah. So like the other day, this new variant come out, and my dad was like, "Oh my god, have you seen? We're going to be locked down yeah, and all this yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. stuff." And I said, "Well." The response is whatever happens happens and you've got to use it to your advantage yeah, and even though i'm not perfect and i've you know lost my shit a little bit um I, I, over the years because you know i was a bit frustrated with stuff yeah the the facts are if you can't if you can't really change it then you've got to embrace it and like you said it's been a bit of a blessing because in lockdown i think you was one or two people you either allowed it to get to you yeah and these people unfortunately started to turn to junk food yes. got overweight got lazy even worse than that they started turning to drugs yeah. started turning to drink and then even beyond that self-harm abuse and some of them even committed suicide, suicide which is the real losers out of yeah. all this the people that have done that yeah. that is the most you know out, outrageous horrible scenario ever because friends family have lost some really really good people because of it but then on the other side it's actually made people become almost athletes in their self. Yeah, because a lot of people are doing like home training now, aren't they? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like people change their lifestyles because of it. Do you know what I mean? When they can't go out, some people probably, I don't know, started training and doing whatever else just for sport. Like now they're in the gym, now they're not probably boozing and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, what I was going to get to is like, just, just cornering what I was saying yeah. there is, um, you know, Things do happen for a reason, but how important is it in life as a boxer, as a fighter, to embrace whatever you're going through? Yeah, you've got to, it's part of the journey. Do you know what I mean? It makes you stronger. Like to be fair, the COVID weren't too bad for me, but it was my injury that was worse. Do you know what I mean? Because obviously I've been out for ages. Then the same sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? You end up. I weren't training, and I was just like lost focus, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And uh, that that's all. You know, then obviously. After I had that, I went away, then come back, like a week holiday, come back and then change my focus and I'm, I'm back. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm more focused than ever. I think you've got to sort of just embrace what happens and it's part of the process and it makes you who you are today. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I like to always know about my, my guests, their, their background, their foundations, etc. What I love about boxing, what I love about even art, and it's a bit weird because... Both of them, on the face of it, look like they're from completely two different worlds, and they yeah. are. But one thing they share in common is the art market, boxers, or the boxing world, you can come from any walk of life and contribute towards it. Yeah, of course. And sometimes in some industries and markets, you've got to be one type or a few type of people in order to be almost part of that kind yeah. of market in a roundabout way. And what I'm trying to get to is um, some boxers have had a bit of a textbook lifestyle, but then some of them have had a bit of a checkered lifestyle. In some ways, the stories that I do like hearing is sometimes the checkered ones because it's factored into their aggression in the ring and wanting to become the best. And I had Ashley uh, Fearfane on my podcast recently. I used to fight underneath Floyd Mayweather's uh, Mayweather promotions. And he said to me that, you know, he went jail for six months and there was gangs and everything else. And Brian Jennings, the same, had, had, had these kind of things. As a young kid, you know, was you ever tempted to go down them kind of routes or did you have a bit more of a kind of cleaner path to boxing? Yeah, now, to be fair, where I'm from, Bexley, it's not really like, ain't a bad area. Do you know what I mean? There's not no like gangs and that. But um, obviously in every area there's shit and there's whatever else, but... I'm, I'm glad where I come from. Do you know what I mean? I'm happy with... Sick up, isn't it? Yeah. I'm from Bixley, I am. Okay. I'm from Bixley. But, um, like, yeah, no, I'm, I don't really have no... There's no gangs in that, really, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I just sort of just went boxing to get fit for football. Then, obviously, I just do it out of the love. Do you know what I mean? I loved it and kept going. And, uh, yeah, that... I don't know, yeah, I ain't really had like a very, very hard life. Do you know what I mean? My life's been all right. The worst thing that probably happened to me, my parents split up when I was about 21. Do you know what I mean? But... That's, that's life like I've not really had nothing too bad go wrong but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean look my mum my and dad split up when I was I can't remember like 8 or 10 years yeah. of age and um, 
yeah, it's certainly definitely def- it must have affected me uh, at the time, and even when I was like a young, you know, teenager or, or, or you know, just turning twenties, I would always probably say that it didn't affect me. Yeah. Now looking back, I don't think it affected me massively, but there's always little, a little, little bit, yeah, little parts, pl- yeah. plays on your mind a little bit. Would you say that that had any influence over you or your sport or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, I just feel. At the time, I just felt let down. Do you know what I mean? Like I just felt like, oh, they must have been they've been together for years. You know what I mean? Then obviously it just sort of stopped, and I was a bit like, oh, do you know what I mean? But I suppose it's life. This day and age, and you know, nothing really lasts, does it? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Not many people last. Most people that I went to school with, their parents will split up, and that just like, is what it is. Just got to get on with it. Obviously, I was living with my mum and that. So yes, but I was living with her. I'm not living there now. But yeah. So um, okay, so becoming a pro boxer. Coming any athlete, yeah. I know there's certain elements to becoming the best you can be, which are endurance, strength, power, conditioning. Um, obviously, you've got your skills. You've got there's loads of different elements to to becoming a full package. Yeah. You right now as a pro coming up to your fifth fight, what would you say your your strengths are as a pro boxer? Do you know what, Matt? Uh, probably my my size for the weight. Um, I'm, I'm, I've got not, I've not got like a great style to look at from the outside. Do you know what I mean? Like I look a bit awkward and a bit like, but when you're in there with me, it's completely different. It's, do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm quite powerful. I can pack a bit of a punch for like my people look at me and think, um, oh, he's only like tall, he's skinny, but I can, I can punch quite hard. I can box on the inside as well as on the outside. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like I can do a bit of everything to be honest. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to keep learning in the gym and. Um, yeah, sort of just add little bits to my style. Yeah. And then on the contrary to that, and I know it's going to be hard for any athlete, especially an alpha type of, type of male type yeah. of guy, to admit certain weaknesses. But what would you say, what would you say is your weakness as a pro boxer? My weakness, probably not even in the ring, it's probably more of the social media side of things. You know what I mean? Like, um, since most boxers are are on it on the on the Instagram and do you know what I mean? They like ask me a question this or they're on the story. I don't really do that. So I suppose that's probably my actual weakness for pro boxing. Do you know what I mean? I don't get my name out there enough. But self promotion. Um, yeah, self promotion. But um I'm hoping if I keep racking up the wins, uh then it sort of speaks for itself. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, I'm already ranked quite high up in Britain. I've only had four fights, so I think the proof's in the pudding is there. But maybe need to improve the self promotion. Yeah. yeah. Um so I'm a good 11 years older than you. I'm actually turning 36 at, yeah. on the 13th of December. So, t- so about, about 12, 12 almost. Yeah. almost. Um, I knew life before social media was a thing. Yeah. Like uh, that's, that's how old I am. Yeah, right? yeah. I knew, you know, life before Life is probably better. Life is probably better, isn't it? Well, do you know what? It's, it's, it's a blessing and a curse, social yeah. media. I, I'll tell you why I say that. So, the, the obvious things is, and thankfully I've never been put, pulled into this, but I'm a little bit fearful of my two sons who are three and one's just was, one's a newborn. Right. And I know the challenges I'm going to have as a father and the challenges they're going to have is they're going to be pulled into this world that it's going to be the normal, which is fine. Yeah. But they may start comparing themselves to somebody else they don't even know on the other yeah, side of the world of with this kind of almost fake life or a hyped up version of someone's life. Thankfully, I've seen life before social media and I've never really kind of bought into that. But I will admit I do get distracted. There's, It's a hard one, right? Because my missus will turn around to me and goes, you're always on on that thing. But at the same time, I know I'm making a fucking excuse here, but (laughs) I kind of have to be on it because of my my work. I've got collectors that I speak to via social media. Plus, I run a podcast and yeah. I'm very ambitious. Yeah. Like you want to become a world champion, I want to become a world champion in the podcast space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I look at the biggest podcast in the world and I say, I'm going to beat them. That's what I want to be like. Yeah, I'm going to beat them one yeah. day. And whether that is kind of outrageous for me to think, I believe that. I think yeah, if I keep on need, pushing forward. All you need forward, is belief. That's exactly. all you need. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's a curse in one sense because you can get pulled away from the moments where you should be a bit more engaged with your friends and family. Yeah. And, I, and I will confess that. But at the same time, look, me and you are speaking because of the whole social media yeah, Instagram and basically. also podcasts. I mean? yeah, you know, if I just randomly come over to you in the street one day, I mean, you're a nice fella, you probably would give me the time of day, but <laughs> yeah. it would almost be like, oh, is this weird? It's a bit weird. Over to me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. And that's how I've connected with all these people across the world is because of social media. Yeah. So your take on it then, you know, 24 years of age, yeah. you must have only really known life with 
yeah, Instagram and well, Twitter well, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it used to be like Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. But I, you know what? Yeah, before I turned pro, I got rid of my iPhone. I didn't even have an iPhone. I didn't even have social media. Do you know what I mean? Because like, I was getting too addicted to it. Do you know, like not comparing, but I was just constantly on it, scrolling and stuff like that. So I got rid of it. Then when I turned pro, my manager said, you have to get that phone away and you got to uh, get back on the iPhone with the, do you know what I mean? So it's got all the apps and stuff like that. Yeah. So some days I still log out and try to delete the app off my phone. Do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I do see myself scrolling on it, just constantly on Instagram. I don't have Twitter or Facebook. I'm just on Instagram. And uh, sometimes I get a bit like, yeah, like you say, you get distracted. Do you know what I mean? Like you're constantly scrolling, looking at shit really. But... um Again, you do need it because it's part of promoting yourself and getting people to see like see what you're doing and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So you do you do need it, but I feel like once I'm done from boxing, I'll probably get rid of it and not not have it because, like you say, there's a lot of I think there's a lot of wankers on there to tell you the truth. Do you know what I mean? Like fake, they put a fake life and they think they like. Do you know what I mean? That's not a bit of me, but I mean, I I I won't call the person out, but and he's a nice guy, but you know, he's he's. Um, He's positioned himself as this big entrepreneur, which is fine. Yeah. You've got to believe it in order to achieve it. So I respect that. But it's like yeah, driving driving a car that doesn't he doesn't own. He yeah. got it from a friend, and he's been put onto like a TV thing because of the. And it's it's all a bit, yeah. Like I, I, I in some senses, I get it. You know, you're trying to become an entrepreneur and trying to become this profile, and you have to slightly fake it till you make yeah, it yeah. but at the same time it's almost like look I, I know I know I know you yeah. and I know this is all a bit artificial Mate, and it's, it's a bit of a, a mad paradox really there's boxers like that though you know what I mean they're fucking madness you know what I mean they don't fight but they're on it you know what I mean like they can do this and that do that do you know what I mean? You've got to touch a fight some some of them don't even do that do you know what I mean? So and I, and I think people you can post whatever you like on them people believe it because that's what you're posting they think you're telling the truth do you know what I mean? So you can I mean, really, a lot of it's false and not not true. Do you know what I mean? So, I I don't like I don't like Instagram, yeah. but I'm, I use it for the boxing. But um, yeah, like I said, when I'm when I'm uh, retired, and I'll probably delete it. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. it's no it's no good. Yeah. Um. So the characteristics then. So I I know just you know strength and conditioning, the pad work, the sparring, etc. What would you say is kind of I know it's all important. Yeah. But what What would you say has improved you most as a fighter? Uh, what part of the probably, exercise and the training? Uh, definitely strength and conditioning because um, when I was as an, when, when I was an amateur, I didn't do no strength and conditioning until I was um, I think nineteen. To be fair, my my pal John does it, um, and uh, ev- I'd, I had eighty three fights as an amateur and didn't give no one a, an eight count or anything. <clears throat> like I couldn't punch basically. Then I started eating correctly. Like I never used to eat fruit or veg, nothing. Really? Yeah. So like nutrition so and strength. It like, was just meat and potato. Literally, I used to just eat chicken and rice. That was it. And like I didn't have no clue. I didn't used to hated veg. And I used to just force myself to eat it in the end. Now I love it. Do you know what I mean? But um, I'd say nutrition and strength is very important for me because it's definitely changed who I am as a fighter because ever since I started doing that I started like putting people over giving them a count stopping them even in the pros getting a knockout do you know what I mean like it's a big thing I reckon also the, the sparring is pretty important as much as I don't like sparring I, I don't like sparring but um, really yeah I, I like that you know what, when I'm in there, I like it. It's the thought of it. You know, like all day, you know that you've got sparring. It's like, oh God, I've got a spar. But then when I'm in there, I love it. Do you know what I mean? But it's just the thought, I think the thought of it, mate, I don't really like. But, but um, since joining Ibox, obviously there's a group of us that are all real good boxers. Do you know what I mean? So that's improving me as a fighter. So I think that's important. But yeah, like you say, it's all, everything all adds to one. Do you know what I mean? You need, you need everything. But I think for me, nutrition strength inspiring i um so uh, again i'm not pro um but i've you know been an amateur and then i've gone into like this unlicensed yeah. stroke queensbury league thing which you know some people call it a semi-pro yeah. league type thing and the culture of amateurs to pros i've been around a lot of pros in my life like bradley skeet sam webbs and obviously now down the uh, the ibox yeah. uh, so uh, boxing booth gym yeah. with um Dan Morley, Jermaine, uh, and all them other guys yeah. down there. Um, you can see there's there's a big kind of shift in culture. Even the way boxers are as a pro, it's a bit more sort of firm on your feet, taking your time a bit. Whereas amateurs are very like in and out, in yeah, and out, yeah, a bit yeah. like fencing. 
But also, I, I remember back in the day when Reg and Richard Foster from um, Bromley and Downham, yeah. they always used to say to me back then, don't do weights because it will make you slow. And that was the kind of mindset yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. But then when I got into like more the unlicensed stroke training with pros, yeah. it was almost like, no, you've got, to, you've got to do strength and conditioning yeah, because that's so, so important. In actual fact, the person who really highlighted it for me is a guy called Ruben Tabarez. Strength and conditioner for was David Hay, yeah. um, uh, Haymaker. Yeah. Mixed race guy, you probably w- w- would recognize him if you saw him. And he was the one saying, no, in actual fact, if you can do strength and conditioning properly, it doesn't make you slow. You can actually actually speed up. Yeah, of course. And you can start knocking people yeah, over. explosive power and stuff what, like why that. Do you th- why do you think there's such a gap between the strength and conditioning as amateurs and that mindset belief to a pro? Do you know what? I think amateurs, they're stuck like... Start, I think it's changing a bit now. I think a few more of the amateurs are starting to do strength conditioning. But back in the day, when I was definitely boxing, I don't know, I think it was a bit of an old school mentality. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, don't do that, don't do that. Let's just, just do the boxing. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, but now you've got to change. I suppose they have to change with the times because what I've learned is the pro game is completely different. It's a completely different sport, you know? And uh, definitely, it don't slow you down. Doing weights don't slow you down because you, you've got like certain... Strength conditioning is not really like you're going to the gym pumping iron, do you know what I mean? To try and get big, you're, you're doing it for to create power, like explosive power, do you know what I mean? So, of course, it speeds you up and that. But I just feel like, yeah, maybe the amateurs' coaches are stuck in an old-school mentality yeah. where they just do like a, a sort of ton-up circuit or, or, do you know what I mean, just press-ups, squats, sort Cause, of thing. Because Ru- Ruben used to say to me, which, again, I didn't realise until I was exposed to his training and yeah. going down to the haymaker and, and, and doing bits down there. He said to me once, he said... Because there was a lot of times I was getting fatigued. Yeah. I was like, really knackered, but I can't work it out. I'm training loads and I felt like my diet was on point. Yeah. And he started analysing what I was doing and he's saying, in actual fact, the, the, the circuits, that they do serve a purpose and you need to do them. Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. But he said, if you do too many, two things happen. He said, you become fatigued because you're just obliterating your the immune body, system you know, yeah. and you, become, you can become sick because yeah. of it. And also it makes you weaker. And if you don't do a, f- a fair balance between some some of that, yeah, some very you know you know strength and condition heavy weights, but the right weights, yeah, not yeah. hypertrophy. Yeah. You're trying to build bigger biceps yeah, for yeah, the sake yeah. of it, and then obviously all the mixture. That's how you become a well balanced fighter. And I still feel that even when you speak to certain people, they still don't really get that, or yeah, they yeah. don't really buy into it as of yet. I don't think they've been exposed to that right information. Yeah, I think they probably need to. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, you've got to look at some pros, well, all pros basically, because of the proofs in the pudding, do you know what I mean? They're all doing it and they're all making weight, they're all, do you know what I mean? It's not like they're doing weights and then they can't make their, their weight because they're too big, do you know what I mean? They don't, they're, they're all doing what strength and conditioning and it's all working, so I suppose the amateurs are starting to like get on board now. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's a t- this is a totally different sport, but when I was on the way to New York uh, for a bit of business the, the other week, yeah. I watched a two-part documentary on Tiger Woods. Wow. And Tiger Woods, as we all well know, I mean, he set records. I mean, he was an elite athlete, and I think he was the first athlete ever to gross over a billion dollars from his sport. And one thing that he changed the culture of is he started doing weights yeah. to get more power out of his shots to therefore drive the ball further and obviously do the, the hole in, in, in less shots. Yeah. And then after he done it, loads of other golfers started following following suit, and I feel that that that's also happened, you know, in in, in the boxing world. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think again, you just used the coin the phrase proof proof is in the pudding. The moment that people start seeing the results, results the power, knocking people yeah, over, they want to join in, don't they? Everyone everyone steps up and yeah. starts doing it. Yeah, cool. So that's just the way forward. Do you know, like. Um, yeah, once you see, like you say, some people don't want to be the first one to try and do it. Do you know what I mean? They've got to see people like do it and get the results, then they just sort of jump on board. But yeah, it's definitely something that needs needs to be done. Yeah. Certain conditioning. <clears throat> so you got your, your number number five fight. Uh, yeah. The, this this weekend with Jordan Reynolds. Uh, Jordan's been on my podcast. Really, yeah, yeah. really good guy. Turned into a bit of a friend for me. He's actually connected me to a few people, um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him fight as well as yeah. yourself. Going back to what I said earlier about your ambitions, um, you mentioned something earlier which I thought was actually quite good. You know, as you start to become more world ranked and becoming world champion and everything else, a big responsibility is when you start making the money. Yeah. 
And I've had a few different athletes on my podcast, Anton Ferdinand being one, pro footballer, Kieran Richardson, ex Man yeah, yeah. United. I've had loads of boxers, O'Hara Davis, etc. Yeah. And maybe not so much now, but certainly the older athletes like Anton, who's similar sort of age to me, he said that back in the day, there wasn't enough education around when you become a bit famous or well-known and more importantly, have the money yeah. and get the endorsements. There was not enough training and education about how to steer your finances. And that's how a lot of people, footballers got conned out of their money. Yeah. So with yourself, you've already mentioned about investing right. Yeah, um, and I think that's such a great thing at 24 years of age because it's very easy the moment you earn the first 100 grand, 200 grand, 300 grand, a million, spunky, you it? could just blow it on a car yeah, or a nice watch or anything else. So like, has that been installed into you about you know, investing right or it is has. it just a gut, a gut thing? No, it has. Someone's, obviously, I've got someone, like, people around me that um, tell me sort of like, you've got to invest your money, don't be stupid. But it's not, that's only friends, you know what I mean? Like a couple of my older pals have said it, do you know what I mean? What to invest my money into and stuff like that. Other than them... I wouldn't have no guidance from probably no one else, you know what I mean? So I suppose I see why people do spunk their money, do you know what I mean? Because they, like you say, you get a large, like get a nice bit of money, they don't really know what to do with it, do you know what I mean? But I've got obviously good people around me that have told me sort of what to put my money into and stuff you, like that. You must have seen as being an athlete as well that you, you must have known, not necessarily all boxers, but people who are who are athletes at your kind of level and they've gone on to achieve wildly crazy things they've earned a lot of money off the back end of it yeah. I'm not asking you to name any names of course but have you ever have you seen people just go wild like with the money that they've made or uh, you know they've gone a bit off the rails no do you know what yeah, I haven't even like only person I really know has gone pro like personally Lewis do you know what I mean and um, I, I think he's done pretty well I think he's done alright like invested his money and stuff like that so yeah I haven't really ever seen no one go off the rails do you know what I mean but um yeah, I'll just, yeah, no, I ain't, I ain't really seen that. I spoke to OD, we, we, I spoke him quite a bit, to be fair, and he said after, like, he, I think he's doing well, like, and got a few properties and stuff like that, and he, and he sort of told me some some stuff to, like, don't, do you know what I mean, keep fighting, earning the money, then he said, like, you've got to try and put it into something, do you know what I mean? So. Yeah, because I think, I think uh, one thing that I wasn't uh, exposed to, but as I started to, you know, listen to personal development, listen to other podcasts, read books, listen to books, get around the right people is the first challenge is making the money. The second yeah. challenge is preserving the money. And the last challenge is getting that wealth preservation to start making your money back. Because even parking money in the bank serves a little bit of purpose, but the problem with it over time is going to whittle away. Yeah, of course. And if you don't keep up with the rate of inflation and you're not getting a good interest on it, it's almost no point of actually keeping it in the bank because it's just sitting there. Yeah. So it's then parking into assets that actually actually give you an income and you know a clear good one, which has always served so many people as property. So is that something you're looking to get into, or would it be more, yeah, more no, other other no, assets? No, hundred percent. Get into the the properties. Yeah, the property game would be good. Like, there's a few things nowadays. You know what I mean? That you can get your money into. Like, but property is definitely like a solid one. Um, but yeah, now I've got I've got a thought on a few things that I want to get, like sort of invest my money into. So. Hopefully, I've just got to earn the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, got, I've got the thoughts what I want to invest it into, but I just need to earn it first. <laughs> so, if money was no object, let's just imagine right now yeah. you are world champion and you've done it across a few different ways. You know, you've got a million people following you on social yeah. media, you get endorsements chucked at, at, at you left, right, and center. You've got X amount of million in the bank. You know, um, you know, you've, you've also got other opportunities, so you feel quite, quite sort of um, happy about your future. What would you be buying with that kind of money? Putting investments to a side, yeah. I mean, what would your ideal lifestyle um, be like? I'd make sure I've, my mum has a nice house, you know what I mean? Make sure my mum's got a house outright and that. Um, and obviously me and my family just live like a nice house, you know what I mean? Like, have a nice home. Can you walk me through a nice home? T tell me tell me what that looks like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not... Um, I need... To, I don't know. The, the missus has to do that. Do you know what I mean? She, she designs it. I don't have a clue. Do you know what I mean? But just like a nice... A nice home in a nice area. Um, what about... Um, so for me, I would like... So I've already set out like a couple of little plans yeah. in, in the future. And I know plans don't always work out and they slightly might be the same but slightly modified in a different way depending on the circumstances at the time. 
But for me, I've always wanted to... I'll, I'll tell you something. There's, there's a guy who's right near me in, in Keston Park. Wow. I, I won't say his surname, but his, his first name's Michael. And he right. used to be a pro footballer. And then um, he would play for Charlton. And then, but this, you know, he's older. He must be early 50s, maybe, uh, maybe mid-50s. Yeah. Um, and so he, I think, was playing as a pro, but before the real money got involved. Then he come away from it and he set up a development company and he does really well. Yeah. And he's got this massive house he's just f- finished off in Keston, which um, I think he's living in at the moment. And I don't know how many bedrooms it is, but he's got an indoor pool. He's got an outdoor pool. Yeah, that's, yeah I'd like that. And a little gym. I'd like a gym he's with a sauna. He's yeah, got that's a nice. aerobic studio. He's got a cinema. He's got a bar. He's got um, his own, like, he's got, so like, if you imagine your bedroom, but he's got a mezzanine kind of floor where above it is the whole top floor is his own walk-in wardrobe and there's yeah. also a beauty parlour in there. He's also got hidden staircases for um for for I don't want to call them servants, but like, you know, people that yeah. you, know, you know, people that work at your house. Where he was a pro footballer, he's obviously still got connections to the football world and in his back garden he's got like a seven and a half football pitch and they've got the same AstroTurf on there that Bromley Town have got. No. it's just it's just amazing yeah. and the only thing that he hasn't got that I would add to it uh, if it was me it would be a full size boxing ring yeah. full full like proper strength and conditioning like That's absolutely what, yeah. kitted out now you said that I'd like a, a if my dream I would have a gym in it you know what I mean sauna steam room sauna swimming pool weights gym probably a little boxing ring do you know what I mean just have a little go definitely but uh, other than that yeah I'm, I'm quite simple do you know like I just as long as my mum and my family's all right, then that's the main thing. What about travelling? Have you done a lot of travelling? Uh, are you planning to do a lot of travelling in uh, the future? Maybe after my career, do you know what I mean? Because obviously it's hard just to pack up and go travelling, do you know what I mean? But um, Well, even your career, though, I mean, your, your your business, what you're into at the moment is a lifestyle business. Yeah. So it's not obviously just keeping fit and competing and, and making money and building your profile, but... Surely it's going to take you to places like Vegas, like yeah, that would be nice if I can get to fight in Vegas and stuff like that. And obviously, as an amateur, I fought all over the country, so I've I've seen some nice places. But um, yeah, I ain't really like. Last time I went away was I went I went to Dubai. That's probably a nice place, but I ain't really um I ain't really travelled a lot now. But I do. I suppose I would want to. Do you know what I mean? I like see. Do you know what I'd like? I'd like to see the world where I'm not going there for boxing sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Because when I'm, as an amateur, I've gone all these different countries. Uh, obviously, as a pro, I'm yet to fight out of England. But um, if I could get like dream Las Vegas, things like that, I'd like to go places where I'm not fighting and not do, so I can sort of enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Because when you're there, you're there focusing on a job. Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've gone like I said, everywhere in the amateur scene, I've gone abroad. But... You don't really enjoy the country. You don't see you're there for three days. You know what I mean? You're boxing, you're focused on a job. You don't you're see whipping it. and out of there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's not like thing. Yeah, yeah. So I would like to travel, but after after the boxing, I don't know. So um, I had a few weeks back now, Mick Conlon on my podcast. Yeah. And um, one thing that inspired me from listening to him, obviously he's, he's, he's from Ireland. He boxes at Boxing Booth. But his second home is almost the mecca of boxing, which is Madison Square Garden. And he walked out there on his pro debut, Colin McGregor, yeah. and it's just like, I mean, he's already achieved and what an most people, yeah, what most people dream of. He's done that in his first fight. Like, he? Walked out with you know a very high profile business person, yeah. athlete. You know, Colin McGregor is huge, and he and he's just like money buys you experiences, and he just bypassed all that and just had the big experience, it, yeah, yeah, which, which is amazing, which I think is incredible. And again, like if you get to fight in these different places around the world, I mean, surely that is such a great experience, you know, being well-traveled, doing what yeah. you love, you know, getting supported around the world. I um, think if you can go to America and fight in America, do you know what I mean? That's like, that's the, the dream, do you know what I mean? That's where all the big the big boys are, you know, like Hatton, Pacquiao, you know, like when you used to see them at Vegas and that, that's like where I want to be. Yeah. That's definitely the dream. So you mentioned Pacquiao, you mentioned Hatton, uh, and I spoke about a few other individuals. Who inspires you, Elliot, as a as a pro boxer? Oh, do you know what? Yeah, I, don't, I ain't really a fan. I'm not a fan of boxing. Do you know what I mean? Like I love doing it, but I don't really watch it. Since I've turned pro, I'm trying to get more on, to, like try to get more with it. Do you know what I mean? Because before that, I used to just literally go to the gym, train, 
box, but I didn't really watch it. Like, I don't watch none of the, don't really watch none of the fights. Like, I don't get up early and watch them. But now I'd say Josh Taylor, um, because I've done a bit of sparring with him in the amateurs. When I was an amateur, and he was obviously a pro. Uh, I just like the way that he's not avoided no one. Do you know what I mean? He, he's what he's had seventeen fights. He's already undisputed. Do you know like he's come up and just took fights and beat them. Now he's got where he's got. So he he's won. And I'd say probably maybe Crawford. I like I like Crawford, but um, yeah, I and Josh Taylor probably because I've just like if you look at not trying to say that but like I've only had four fights but I've already boxed two undefeated fighters do you know what I mean there's not many young fighters out there that are like like doing that do you know what I mean and yeah. obviously when you look at him he's sort of gone and cleaned up like not maybe not undefeated fights but from a young from a early in his career he's took like tough fights and overcome them do you know what I mean so yeah he's probably my inspiration um, pro fighting amateur fighting or sparring who has been the best person you have fought against? Oh, uh, do you know what? That's a good, good question. Do you know that? Um, I sparred Luke Campbell, his Olympic gold medalist, uh, and Josh Taylor probably. They're, they're probably the best I've sparred. Boxed. Um, I boxed a Stevie McKenna from Ireland. He was like a... I think, I think he might have won a European title. As an amateur. He, he was he was good, and I've boxed Luke McCormack from G. Like he was on the GB. They're like the, probably the two best I've boxed. Uh, but yeah, I've I've been in the ring with quite a lot of fighters. Do you know what I mean? I've I've experienced them all. So Luke Campbell obviously just retired, yeah. and um, Taylor obviously he's just on the winning streak at the moment. He seems like he's not slowing down, which yeah. is great. Um, why would you say? I know it's clear to see, you know, obviously their achievements, but actually sparring them or, or maybe boxing them what um why 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 do you feel that they are some of the some of the best that you've you fought what 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 attributes have they brought to to your sparring or fighting game all right well it's, i'd say josh taylor probably then more more so than luke campbell i think just he's so clever do you know what i mean like the way he faints and it gets you backing up onto the ropes in the corner he's very smart and i just feel like He's got that presence, but he's confident in himself. You know what I mean? He knows that he's number one. So, like, when you're sparring him, he can just sort of shut you down. And he's just clever. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's boxing IQ. I think that's probably what makes him the best person I've been in the ring with. Have you? So, um, when I last fought, um, which was 2019, I had the last week of my sparring. I went down to uh, Grove Park and I went yeah. to a gym I've never been to. My, my, my friend Jason was running a class down there to come down and spar and anyway so I went alright and that was against my trainer's wishes but I thought fuck it I'll go down yeah, and really yeah. do it um, I think boxers are a bit like that they're a victim of their own <laughs> yeah. you know, of their own characteristics and uh, don't always listen and um, anyway I was sparring this guy and I feel like I'm better, better than him but he was bigger than me and he just whacked me and I, I tell you what I've, I've, I think I actually broke my nose because of it yeah. or slight, <laughs> slight, slightly cracked it yeah, yeah, because yeah. When I, I still carried on and had my fire, and it didn't didn't affect me like that. But uh, about a week later, I started getting black eyes, yeah, which suggests yeah, yeah. I had, had actually had a little, bit of, a, saying, little yeah. bit of a fracture. When I was moving my nose, I could hear internally a oh. bit of a crack. And I remember when he hit me, this guy, and I had my guard up, and it sort of come through my guard. And I thought, oh my god, this guy Can is punch, an absolute yeah. powerhouse. Have you ever got into a ring and you felt someone's jab or right hand, and you thought to yourself, my god, this is like being hit like a freight train? Uh... Nah, do you know what? I feel like I've got quite a good chin. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never been chinned or nothing like that. And uh, I ain't really never been buzzed or anything. But I'd say Sam Notes from my gym, he, he can hit like a horse. You know what I mean? He, he He's only a lightweight, but he punches like a super middleweight. You know what I mean? I think he's 7-0, seven, oh, seven knockouts. You know what I mean? He can, he can punch. But um, yeah, but yeah, I'd say him. He, he's like probably the hardest, one of the hardest hitters that's, that was fired. What what do you what do you think makes a good knockout artist? Because you can see big guys in the gym and you know big muscles and they're, they're powerful people and they can pick you up with yeah, one hand. Yeah. But you, you put them on a, a pad or a bag or even sparring, and they don't really seem to hurt you. And then you get a little guy come in there and yeah. absolutely bowl you over. What 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 makes someone powerful? Uh, probably technique. Um, some people just got it natural power. Do you know what I mean? Like for me, when I was younger, I had no power, and, and um, I had to work my, I had to 
like work hard and, and build my power up um, but obviously some people have got it naturally a lot of it comes from technique though like if you've got someone in from a, a weights gym who's massive on the roids you probably can't even throw a punch properly do you know what I mean so you it's all about how you, how you throw the punch and, and stuff like that but yeah. yeah most a lot of people that can hit hard have just got natural power do you know what I mean but you can work on it like you can because I, I, like, I'm living proof that you can work so like I said I had 83 fights before I even give anyone an 8 counting as, as an amateur um I was like a streak of piss, you know what I mean? Like a long, lanky streak of piss. But uh, <laughs> nah, obviously just grafting hard and, and doing the weights and that. Yeah, you can definitely work the power up. When you first uh, gave up an account then, after all the, all that time, how did that make you feel? Uh, do you know what? It was, I was in the, it was in the pre-quarters of the senior ABAs. I bought someone called Kane Gardner. He's, box, he's like an England boxer. Just boxing that ultimate boxer on Sky. He's okay. a good fighter, he was, and he was actually beating me in the first round. And uh, second round, I put him over and I put him on his back. And I, I, I didn't think about, like, oh, this is the first time I've ever given something. You know what I mean? Because I just thought I need to get the job done. But after, I felt like I was so much more confident in my own power. Do you know what I mean? And ever since then, most of my senior fights, I was putting over or, or stopping and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it just gave me a, a confidence boost. Give me a confidence boost of to believe in my own power. Because before, I had a lot of people just used to walk me down. They could... Walk through your punches. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And if they were messy and they was like, they used to ruin my style and stuff like that, I used to sometimes get beat by people that weren't that good, but not weren't good, but weren't better than me, but they could just spoil me. Do you know what I mean? Now, when they come and they feel the power, they don't really want to do that. Do you know what I mean? So just give me a bit more confidence. Yeah. So I know you're very ambitious yeah. and I know you've got the world at your feet, 23 years of age, obviously unbeaten so far and you know, no doubt with the team that you've got, etc., you're going to go on to achieve some great stuff. Yeah. Um, I know fully well, not so much the boxing, but more being in business, that you need to have good people around you when you're setting big goals for yourself and your company because yeah. if you don't have good people around you, the bad people or people, not necessarily bad, but just not on the same page as you can actually hold you back. Yeah, um, of course how important do you feel that is for you and your goals having the right people around you yeah you need them because obviously if you've got wrong one if you've got like bad people well, not bad people like you say but to bring you down do you know what I mean and um, you need people that are going to push you to, the, to to achieve your goals and obviously be like, like even just be smart like with your money and stuff like that some people might think ah oh, you know anyway let's come on let's go out let's do this let's do that but you need the right people around you. But I've got a strong, solid team around me. Do you know what I mean? Everyone plays their part and helps me. So. Do you know, like, I, I, th I think about, you know, uh, maybe school friends, even some, fa uh, you know, family members. Yeah. It's a hard one because family members, you love them and you can't choose your family. You can choose your friends. And then with your school friends, it's almost like you've been with them for so long, but it's just natural that not all of you are going to stick together. So yeah, some are going to evolve in this way and some are going to evolve that way. And when you say as a young man, 24 years of age, I'm going to become world champion, I'm going to go and achieve this, I'm going to you know, become the best boxer I can be, you must get some people who not only sort of don't believe you, but say throwaway comments that are kind of like, make them feel better. Do you ever have that? Uh, do you know what? Probably, I've got like a close group of friends that I know don't talk shit and that. Do you know what I mean? Anyone else that talks, like, I don't really, I'm not too bothered about what they've got to say. Do you know what I mean? But... I think a lot of people are, I don't know, they do, some people are just jealous, isn't they? they? They don't want you to do well in life, or they don't want you to do better than them. But my friends, they all support me, do you know what I mean? They, they all come to my fights, they want me to win. And if if they're going out drinking and I've got a fight, they don't ask me to come out, do you know what I mean? They let me crack on. And uh, yeah, they're, they're good, do you know what I mean? My, my pals are all good people. Good, good stuff. So we've got the fight this weekend. It's yeah. at York Hall. Yeah. And then after this fight, what other plans have you got in store? Well, hopefully I'll be out again in February, I'd say. I just want to have a clean run. Do you know what I mean? I've been pro two years. I only had two fights per year. I've had four fights. So I just need a clean run. Do you know what I mean? Where I've been injured and uh, stuff like that. So hopefully this time next year, I'll be English champion. Get a little title. I'm not really bothered about the southern area, but getting English then early on in the year after I'd be pushing for a British title so um, bit uh, bit out there but there must be your eyes must be on somebody who you feel is in your in your kind of channel and yeah. might be a little bit further ahead than you but you think you know what I could have him 
Who is that person? Who would you say you got in your sights you could beat? And, do you and, know and they've got a title or something? Just anyone with a title at my weight, do you know what I mean? Anyone with a title at my weight, I'll, we'll be seeing them, do you know what I mean? Definitely, like whoever's got the belt, because obviously I'm going to have to take it off them. But until I meet them, until I get the opportunity to fight them, I'm, I'll just want to keep fighting and keep winning, do you know what I mean? And I, I, I'm looking to fight anyone... Do you know what I mean? I don't shy away from a fight. I'll fight anyone. And I'm, if you look at my last two fights, they're unbeaten. I want to be still in them sort of fights. Do you know what I mean? So I think my, my fight on a Friday is quite a tough one. But get the job done there. Then next year, yeah, just get a clean run, keep fighting. And hopefully, whoever's by the end of next year, whoever's got the, the English title or something like that, that's what we'll get on with. Yeah. I know it's going to be very hypothetical this question, but you know, as you as you go through your for, for, for your career, you're going to start coming across very, very strong opponents. And some of them are going to have an absolute perfect record yeah. and some of them are going to have you know, knockouts on every single person and yeah, they might yeah. be quite dangerous as a fighter. This is how hypothetically you come across some of that, I don't know, you know, 20th fight and uh, they've had completely all knockouts. How would you mentally go into that fight? Well, just have to trust the team. Do you know what I mean? Trust my team that I've got around me. They come up with a game plan, get the right sparring in, stuff like that. And yeah, just... <clears throat> Just work on things that we do in the game plan. Do you know what I mean? Get a game plan and execute it. And obviously, I know if they're a big puncher, not to get involved. Try. It, do you know what I mean? It might even keep them more switched on. Not. Do you know what I mean? But that's across that bridge when we get there and see what happens. But yeah, I just trust my team. Come up with the right plan, and um, I'll just execute it on the night. Good stuff. Look, I've been enjoying having a conversation with you, uh, Elliot. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? Uh, on Instagram, just at Elliot Well. That's, that's my Instagram. I'm not on nothing else, but yeah, you can definitely uh, follow me on that. Good stuff. Okay, I always ask my guests this question. You might have heard it on my podcast. I come up with a mantra when I first got into sales and yeah. business, which is be happy, never content. Right. So I've got my own interpretation of what that means. Yeah. I try and live by it every single day. If I were to ask you, what does be happy, never content mean to Elliot Well? So... Probably never content is don't just be in the comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Once you've got something, there's always more things you can improve on. And, and, and like, do you know what I mean? Don't just be content with your life. You can always like push on and do better things as well. And obviously just be happy. Just have a smile and just, yeah, don't don't be down all the time. Do you know what I mean? If life, if, if you ever get down in life, do you know what I mean? There's always going to be a bit shit for a bit, but you always come out of it in the end. Do you know what I mean? And uh, makes you a stronger person. Good stuff, mate. Thank you for your time. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please give Elliot a follow. Make sure you go to his fights. Yeah. Pay for the tickets. I just want to say a big thanks to my sponsors as well, City Post. Do you know what I mean? They're a massive help to me. They've been sponsoring me since my started pro. Do you know what I mean? And um, yeah, they've started buying me. So a big thanks to them. Good, good stuff. And uh, obviously, if you're liking all my podcasts, please subscribe and yeah. share it and uh, comment. Every, everything's welcomed. And be happy, never content. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Yeah.